This is Therapy-ish. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Therapy-ish. I have Aubrey here, and today we're going to be talking about anxiety, betrayal, and hurt. Uh, So before we jump into this delicate conversation, I am going to have Aubrey introduce herself and let us know a little bit about herself and her experience working with those struggling with anxiety and trauma. Okay. I'm Aubrey. I'm an LPC associate here at Crave. Been here for a couple years worked with quite a few people um, in the realm of trauma and anxiety. And when you pair those two things together, it makes quite the recipe uh, for how they navigate current relationships and even how they see the world. You can see everyone is the enemy and I always have to protect myself. So a lot of boundary work, a lot of grace giving, forgiveness, but also advocating for themselves so that situations like this don't happen again without some foresight on their end some intuitiveness mm-hmm. okay all right so we go we gonna hop right into it so again this this episode will discuss how betrayal and emotional hurt leads to anxiety how it may show up in relationships internalizing these experiences and how to do the work to reduce the experiences so the first question that i have for you today is How can someone's first experience with betrayal and hurt lead to experiences with anxiety? The first. I think a lot of it has to do with when it happened. So if it's in childhood, obviously that could shape the whole trajectory of how you experience anxiety and just yourself. When you're a little older and established, and who you are, it depends, but oh, what was the second half of the question? How does it lead to experiences with anxiety? With anxiety. I mean, is that not the source of anxiety? <laughs> not knowing exactly. if you can trust is literally <laughs> exactly. the source. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what, what really made me think about this particular topic is because we do get a lot of people that come in and they self-sabotage mm. because of the inner child work that they have not done. Um, and then it also made me think about we were doing the this or that. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions asked you, would you prefer working with childhood trauma or a relationship trauma? I think was the question. You remember that? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it was something along the lines of which type of trauma do you prefer working with? And you said relationships or couples related trauma. And my response was, no, I like working with inner child work Mm. or inner uh, childhood trauma, because like you're saying, a lot of the maladaptive behaviors and attachments and responses to things started from our childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you say couples in my mind I'm like you still always have to go back to that inner child work so for me that was my preference Mm. Um, couples are cool don't get me wrong but you're trying to get two people on the same page or to work through some of the same things but also you're you may have to address the individual childhood trauma that's impacting why again the experiences are so rigid I agree now, when you say childhood, though, do you mean working with actual children or? No, childhood trauma. Oh, yeah. Because again, we get that. the adults. 
Yeah, we get them as adults. They didn't do the childhood, the inner child work, mm-hmm. or they didn't have the resources. And then now we see them as couples, and we can't do nothing with that. True story. Maybe I misinterpreted the question when I got it. Okay. Because yeah. I was thinking working with children, like in the midst of got that, it. versus working with adults. But I do agree. Like you have to. We're gonna have to go back, anyways. Yeah. So, but I still stand by. I love doing couples. You can have it. (laughs) By no means do I want them. You can have it. (laughs) So what happens if the response to an experience that led to me being hurt or you being hurt or you being betrayed isn't healthy? Let's say I did something to you and I was like, okay, oh, well. Or you went to your parents and was like, this happened to me. And they're like, grow up. Mm -hmm. How does that create a negative response to betrayal or hurt? The first thing that comes to mind when you say that is hurt people, hurt people. Absolutely. If you go to, if you were like, oh, well, and then my family is also like, oh, well, then I'm learning. Okay, this is just how we treat people. Mm. So now I'm just going to, this is how I'm now going to behave because this is how I was taught. And even though I'm hurt, it's normal to me now. So now Mm. we're normalizing our, our trauma and our betrayal and just paying it forward. You know, my favorite line is you can't normalize your trauma until yourself is okay. I, that came out of my mouth one day when I was just talking to a client. I made it up in the moment. Um, <laughs> so, I like that. <laughs> I, it, it, it made sense, right? You can't normalize your pain until yourself is okay because you telling yourself it's okay and brushing under the rug forces you into a, accepting that this is the way that things go, but then you're also bleeding mm-hmm. onto other people because... You haven't done the work to heal the wound, and right. now you're continuously reinfected, all the things that come along mm-hmm. with that. So I'm hearing you say is that those experiences lead to uh, negative behaviors, negative personality traits. It's possible. Not always. Not always, no. But sometimes I, I view it as a spectrum. Either you develop those negative traits or you just run from people you're scared of everything and everyone there's commitment issues so it's either like I move forward in that pattern or I think I'm moving away from that pattern but it's really just in another direction of fear yeah yeah I think that having though like you said those things are true those things still hold true but you know, if we let's look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So at the bottom, of course, is safety, mm-hmm. uh, warmth, belonging. Well, What's at the bottom, it's like okay, food, shelter, yeah, basic warmth, needs. those things. And then the next one goes into safety, right? Do mm-hmm. I feel safe in my environment? Different things like that. And then above that, it goes into belongingness. You're right. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is esteem, right? Pouring into your children and different things like that. And then the last one is self-actualizing. So if I run into this issue where like I'm seeking support for this particular issue and you're telling me that your ideas don't belong in this world, mm. you're now not able to grow in those you're areas. Yeah. And then from there, it leads to anxiety because it's like, I feel unheard. I don't feel like mm-hmm. I belong. Now I'm going to self-sabotage. Not necessarily. And again, there are going to be some people that self-sabotage through hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be people who are going to self-sabotage believing that they don't deserve 
healthy dynamics and they don't deserve a person that has has said that I want to be committed to you. Right. And now the anxiety begins. Mm. And then they get anxiety because they feel stuck. Absolutely. Because they're like, I know there's got to be more than this. Absolutely. I know I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. I know I should be doing better, but I'm going to settle for this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to settle for this situation because I have fears about being alone. Yep. I have fears that these things don't matter or whatever the fears. Again, it goes into negative anxiety. So, okay. With anxiety, is it typically internalized after being hurt or betrayed? Like if something happens, mm-hmm. do you typically start your experience with anxiety in those moments once you internalize it yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean right right in what ways do you see it internalized self-talk okay worldview okay okay (laughs) okay yeah you're right like people's worldview changes because now I've been hurt and now everybody does this thing to me. I'm catastrophizing. I say that word wrong all the time and I hope it's right. I feel like it's the worst <laughs> it word. It sounded right. It is the worst word in the dictionary. I'm just going to put that out there. Because I can say every word but that word. Mm. But I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, so yeah, I think that we, we do internalize, we catastrophize, and we end up in these situations where no matter who pours into us, my views about it it's won't not change. enough yeah it won't change because i learned early on and continuously early on that my feelings and my experiences with hurt and betrayal don't matter mhm being invalidated yeah okay so <laughs> how can a person reduce their anxiety when it comes to having to develop new friendships romantic relationships or rebuilding family dynamics once betrayal has happened oof and that's the hard part. Um, I think one is just being able to take the risk that, because we're talking about negative anxiety, but there's also positive anxiety right. where it's like naturally being on this podcast, I'm anxious, but it's just like, <laughs> it's a, it's still a positive experience. It's a good challenge for myself to do right. something like that. So it's, taking that risk of, okay, I have to put myself out there to make friends and maybe trying new avenues. Like I can't keep doing the same thing I was doing and expecting a different path there. So that's number one, really getting to know themselves. Again, I bring up boundaries, knowing your limits, knowing what does feel good, what doesn't feel good. Also recognizing when you have rigid boundaries and it's you're not creating any space for new friends or relationships because... But it's hard to not have rigid boundaries once you've been hurt and you've been told, no, your feelings are valid because they hurt you. And then your feelings are valid equals my boundaries are valid. Not that they're not. Not that they're not. How rigid... I mean, how valid is the level of rigidness with the boundary? And that comes... Does it feel good? It's valid that you have that rigid boundary, but is it working for you? Yeah. When you go out in the world and interact with people, do you feel good leaving those situations? Like, yeah. check in with yourself. Yeah. What about relation- family dynamics? Ooh, families are... Because we can't change. We cannot change people. I don't know. We can't change other people. You can't. By force, obviously. <laughs> Maybe by influence. 
one would hope, right? But all, all one can do is hope. We can't come in like, this is what we're about to do. You're going to act like this now. You need to know about this. <laughs> so I remember, I, I remember doing this training when I was still working for the school district. And one of the trainings, it was like an improv training where like, let's say you and I are sitting side by side or across from each other and we're standing and like, I'm doing this mm -hmm. and your mm -hmm. hands are following Mary. my motion. And then eventually you take lead, but we don't know when that shift happens. Mm -hmm. We just, it just happens. Right. So it's kind of like one of those things where you got to figure out, okay, they have been leading me for so long. Mm -hmm. At what, at what point do I learn to lead them? Right. Um, so when you say people, it's hard to change people. I think that it can happen through, um, engagement. Yeah. I th that's why I think I mean by influence, right? Like yeah. how you move differently in a space. Like if you're in a high conflict family that every time you come in, someone is starting something and typically, and I speak from my experience, right? Like me and my dad would have beef <laughs> and he would start and I would go back at him. And now I move in the space where he starts and I'm just like, I love you. And I just let it roll off. Mm -hmm. And has it changed him? I don't know. But it's definitely modeling that. That's not how I'm going to move right. in this space anymore. I'm not going to navigate it that way. I do think we do have the power to influence, like you said, to influence people to change in more positive ways through our healthy engagement with them. Um, I've seen it with my own family, my own friends, where even just how we communicate with each other mm -hmm. and you know how people are like oh that's just your grandmother that's just your your grandfather mm -hmm. your aunt and i'm like i don't have those same experiences with the same grandma we got mm. that's not my experience that's not true but again i could have had those same experiences had i excused certain behaviors mm -hmm. right but then it's like I like to question people. That's my problem, <laughs> right? That is my problem. Like, why do you do that? Not even so much. Like, for example, you know, in our communities, we do have like a lot of family members where they're just like, oh, that's your grandmother. That's your mom. That's you just, just got to accept are. them for mm -hmm. who they are. And, and accepting them for who they are creates that anxiety for you. But if you take a step back and say, why'd you say that? Mm hmm. It will force that person to stop dead in their tracks and actually think about what you just said to them. And That's they're like, point. I didn't realize. Or they'll, they'll, they'll have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, I didn't mean it that way. This mm. is what I meant. So asking for clarification changes a lot of those toxic dynamics. And sometimes it don't work and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But for me, it has worked. You got to know the why. <laughs> it has, I, cause I need, I need to know why you thought that that was okay. Mm. What if the why causes more anxiety for you, though? See, I'm a firm believer in facing my fears. Mm. So, and, and it's, again, everybody that knows me knows that I will face a fear no matter how hard and how fearful it is for me. Um, heights, talk, speaking in public, <laughs> going places, being on camera, right? Right. So no matter how much anxiety it causes for me, I understand that you can't grow without disruption. You don't, mm-hmm. You cannot grow without disruption. So when it comes to ending up in situations where somebody hurt me or somebody has betrayed me, again, going back to the family dynamics, mm -hmm. somebody says something or do something to me, I just be like, why do you think that you have control? Or why do you think that this is how I'm supposed to accept you? Mm. Or why do you think that you can treat people a certain way? But I'm also okay with walking away too. Mm. My boundary, sometimes my boundaries are like, okay, 
I appreciate you for loving and caring about me, but your delivery is off and I'm not going to accept that. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with not talking to you. And I didn't cut you off. Right. We're just right. Not having this conversation. And you're not going to treat me no any kind of way. Yeah. You're just not. Okay. So how do you, how do you manage a conversation with someone who believes that this has happened to me? Oh, victim. Victimizing. Mm. Victimizing themselves. This happened to me, you know. Hmm. Because that's that's how, again, that's how that negative anxiety shows up. This happened to me. Hmm. I often just reframe it of like, okay, this did happen, but what do you want to do with it? Because I don't want to invalidate the fact of I wasn't there, especially if we're talking (laughs) like, how would I know what role you played in it, you know? So, okay, that did happen. But what do you want to do moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if they're kind of stuck in the, but they did this to me, they, I really always just kind of flip it of, well, what are you doing now? How are you navigating that now? How are you coping now? I'm going to walk out of your therapy session. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> because you're forcing me to deal with it, and I am not ready for it. <laughs> Isn't that what they come? Does you pay me for this? No, I, I pay you to talk to you, not to make me change. <laughs> because that creates more anxiety for me. Because you're forcing me to face something that I don't know that I was ready. Because mm. it might have come up in this session that mm-hmm. I felt betrayed about something. I mean, I'm not forcing, right? That's not how it sounded, but... Because if they, if they say, I don't know, and they withdraw, right. I'm like, okay, maybe sit with that another time, right? right. But I'm not going to shy away from asking the question just Absolutely. for the sake of, you know, you don't come here to have me throw rose petals at you. But what if I do? What if that's what I'm coming to you for? Then you're going to have to let me know that, sis. You have to set that boundary with me. I come for rose petals. I come for that's softness. Funny. Okay. Be like, well, I'm not the therapist for you. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Maybe we I can find you somebody that. else. You know, if they're like, mm-mm. mm-mm. Right. You're right. You're right. I think that what, what I see when I typically work with clients that are like, this happened to me. Why me? This is me, 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 me. I always go back and say, well, why not you? Mm. What energy did you exert that told that person it was okay for them to continue doing certain things right. to you? Why not you? Who deserved it then? Ooh, that makes me even more like, if I'm your client, I'm like, <laughs> what you mean, why not me? <laughs> because why not you? Mm. I don't like that. Why not you? What, <laughs> but it's a good question. Because, again, what are you presenting? <laughs> what were you doing at that time? What are you presenting yeah. that tells people, abuse me? Yeah, this is okay for you to treat me this way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's one way I like to go about it. Mm. But then if I'm being, like, not as aggressive, right? <laughs> Not as aggressive. I don't know if aggressive is the word. Assertive? (laughs) Some would say that's aggressive. Mm. Some would say that's aggressive because, I mean, again, I I am known to... um, Because I'm one of the people, I'll, like, state my statement and I'll just lean back. Oh, yeah. And the clients be like, I feel like you're attacking me. You should feel attacked right now. (laughs) 
That was my intention. You talking about me? That was my intention. <laughs> that was my intention. But I'm five feet tall. <laughs> Girl, we sitting down in the sessions. <laughs> my height is not a factor. <laughs> um. So, but you know, I'm. You know, they say little people are feisty. Mm. <laughs> so I use that to my right. advantage, right? Um. But I also always like you mentioned earlier, like okay, this this happened to you, mm. okay? What would you have liked to happen? Mm-hmm. What could you have done differently? And going forward, what will you allow? Right. I like all those questions. I like to go forward first and then go back. Because for a lot of my clients, it's harder to go back. Of like, well, what would you like to have been differently? It's just like, I don't know. I just didn't want that to happen. So I'm like, let's mm. shape what you want going forward. And then once you feel like, oh, yeah, I am deserving of better. Then we can take a step back and reevaluate what could have you done better in that moment? But something you said earlier that just made me think about it. Earlier you said something along the lines of who are you? Because if you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. it's hard to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So when you go forward, right, mm-hmm. you kind of got to broach the conversation about who are you before we can even go forward. True. But moving, but that's a part of the moving forward process, though. Not if you don't know who you are. If you've been told this is who you are and this is mm-hmm. how you're supposed to accept things because this is the community you come from. This is how you identify. Mm-hmm. If I've accepted all those norms, I really don't know going forward and what that looks like. True. I guess it's like a little mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So how can people recover from being hurt? with people do you think people should forgive <laughs> Josh Mike uh, what is the context and just with people in general people in general because it looks a little different in any in a relationship and friendships uh yes I think if forgiveness is something that they feel like they're able to accomplish without dismissing I don't believe that forgiveness is omittance it doesn't mean Right. What happened was now we just going to pretend it didn't happen. Right. It's being able to, but the other person has to be able to have accountability and say that did happen. I apologize. But what Although if they, sometimes but what they, if don't. they don't. I'm like, yeah, but what if they don't want to be accountable? The person forgiving has to be able to accept that while still just seeing the person as a whole where it's like, they're neither, they're not perfect, but they're also not a demon. But that is easier said than done. <laughs> but some people do believe that they are demons. Right. So if you can find it to forgive, if that's like in your faith spiritually or just in your personal value system to forgive, cool. If not, mm-hmm. it's just restructuring. Okay, what is your core belief about the world and people? Right, right. And do we need to did that shake that? Did that change that for you? Do we need to reestablish that? How can we build experiences with people that mm-hmm. affirm otherwise than what you've seen and experienced? What I will say, I'm glad you said core, core beliefs mm-hmm. and what you believe about the world and people. That's my favorite question with clients. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people are genuinely good mm-hmm. or genuinely bad? And clients be like, people are bad. And I'm like, hmm. Who taught you that? Where'd you learn that? Where'd you learn that? Did yeah. you, you learned that you weren't supposed to have friends growing up, that you weren't mm-hmm. supposed to trust women, that you weren't supposed to trust, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So now when one thing happens, it only affirms that. affirms that ideal that you learned in your upbringing. And without knowing, you're looking for reasons to affirm that because 
that's your subconscious. Yeah, right. like you're it's subconscious looking for reasons to be like, see, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, on a personal level, like I think people are genuinely good. I think that we get different versions of every person mm. because you could meet a murderer, right? And mm-hmm. again. I'm not excusing people murdering people. That's not where I'm going with this. But their experiences with their mom might be different than their experience with the girl next door or Mm -hmm. the boy next door or the classmate or the teacher. Some of them might have had good experiences with this person. Mm. But you brought out the demon in them or whatever, right? Or they Or you encountered them at a time when where they were lost. Yeah. Yeah, where they were lost. That happens a lot. Um and I, I hate I use the, the example of murderer, but it just, I feel like it just it just came out right. Just roll out because uh, it it could be a bank robber, right? Right. Like, they were mean to the teller, but they came for this money. They this ain't about you. Yeah. <laughs> me coming to get this money had nothing to right. do with you. So just give me the bag, and you have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody from the outside looking in be like, I'm scared of all bank robbers. They're all mean. And it's just like nah, that wasn't personal. That wasn't personal. I don't know why that was so funny. I'm scared of all bank robbers. <laughs> I would be too. I mean, but in the context of them not robbing the bank, I think I was thinking of the actual like, like okay, someone robbing the bank. And you like, hey Todd. You know, um, we've all seen dead presidents. Right. We've all seen set it off. They were great people outside yeah. of that moment. We people are just gonna people, right? Absolutely. Everyone is good and bad. Everyone has a brokenness, a trauma they've experienced. Everyone has moments where they handle Mm -hmm. stuff really well and moments where they handle it really bad. And I think to your point, like, you never know. Maybe you set something off. Maybe you just encountered them at a bad time. You meet the right people at the wrong time. Right. Sometimes. But you always, for me at least, I always just look in the mirror of like, I know I'm not perfect. I know if people have had experiences with me where they probably think the nerve of her to be a therapist that girl bullied me, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, you were know, a bully. Hold on, girl, you're not just gonna run past that like we didn't girl, hear that. <laughs> were you a bully? <laughs> not consciously, but I learned. Someone messaged me on Facebook like a few years ago and was just like, "I don't know if you remember me, but I had a terrible experience with you, and this is what you did to me." <laughs> and I remember like my heart dropped to my butt, like because I did not remember this at all, but. I just took ownership of like, I'm not that person, but you don't have any obligation to believe that I have changed now. Mm-hmm. All that matters is what happened was wrong. And I'm sorry. I hope, I hope you're getting whatever you needed from letting me know. And thank you for letting me know. Cause I was mortified. I was like, Oh my gosh, how many other people have stories like this? But then I, here I am, I'm a therapist and I have people who I'm actively trying to help. And it just goes to show you like, that person who messaged me encountered me and think probably thinks I'm a demon still. She probably looking at the response <laughs> like, mm-hmm, okay, girl. And that's okay. And I can sit with that. And it helps me look at other people of like, ooh, that person was nasty to me, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going through. I was going through a lot in high school, okay? Listen, because <laughs> when I say I was a little mean old thing, You'd swore somebody... The chip on my shoulder my was heart. a whole bag of Doritos. Yeah, you'd have thought somebody took my heart. Okay, so let's... <laughs> I know you like working with couples. I so do. let's throw some couples up in here. Yes. All right. So 
most of the times we get couples after infidelities happen. Mm-hmm. Infidelity has happened. And we get them and they come in mm-hmm. and they're overly anxious about this one thing, right? Fixated. One thing. Everything else has been great. This person did this thing to me mm-hmm. and I can't let it go. What do you do with that? <sighs> trust comes into play of like this thing happened but do you has all these other factors played enough for that trust to possibly get reestablished because without it you can't move forward you said trust i'm gonna stick with that where i'm gonna fixate on that okay (laughs) a lot of times we as people never trusted to begin with Mm. we accepted this dynamic Mm because it felt good but deep down in our hearts, we never 100% trusted our partners. And so now intuition this one thing, mm-hmm. and your intuition probably was wrong. <laughs> but because your intuition was wrong, again, don't don't take this as I'm excusing a behavior. But because my anxiety has gotten so bad, I've traumatized you and pushed you away. Mm. You came in with your own traumas that you didn't work through mm-hmm. before you got here. And now that you're here and you don't know what healthy love looks like, you waiting on the other shoe to drop mm-hmm. at any given moment. If that's not like 90% of people in relationships. And then I do it. Then what? Now I've only affirmed the thing that you've done. Your worldview of like, see? I always try, <laughs> I always try to get people to understand that you can't take things personally. You know, we take, for example, let's use the word cheating. Mm-hmm. Because that's the easiest one to go with, right? right? So, someone has cheated on me. I already have... I'm going to speak from a heterosexual woman perspective, right? I already have, according to society, according to music, according to generations Mm -hmm. and history, men aren't to be trusted. That is what I'm taught. That is fact, according to some mothers, some grandmothers, some aunts, some uncles, whoever. Mm -hmm. That is a fact, right? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But... If I walk into a relationship with those preconceived notions and this person cheats and I've accepted it as in this person has done this to me, I always have to take a step back and say, Aisha, okay, (laughs) I'm going to equate this to food now. Okay. I'm going to still stick with the word cheating, but I'm going to equate it to food. All All right. right. So this person was struggling with their impulses Mm -hmm. because that's what it is at this point. It's the impulsivity. You saw something that was new, that was shiny. It was a little bit more round in some areas, and it looked good. And mm-hmm. you wanted to test it. It's the same thing as being on a diet and walking into the gas station and getting a Snickers knowing you have a salad at home. Why does it have to be salad? Or something healthy, vegan. I don't know. Whatever you consider as healthy, right? You have this good option because again mm-hmm. you, let's say you want a diet let's right. just say you want a diet you okay. got this nice salad at home you know that's what you need mm-hmm. that's what you need but that doesn't stop you from going for what you want which is right. at this store now i'm gonna get that snickers and that reese's and i'm gonna eat it but i'm still gonna go home knowing that salad is good for me mm. i didn't take away from the value of that salad i couldn't control my impulses So when you get into relationships, because I cheated, that don't mean I did it to you. Mm -hmm. That means I was a person who struggled with making healthy choices to begin with. Right. 
Before we even got together. Before we even got here. Mm. And now that I've cheated, I did it to you. And don't get me wrong. Yes, to to some extent, right? You should take some things personal, right? But at the same time, it's the same thing. If you meet someone and they don't know how to make healthy choices, whether it's with gambling, whether it's with... How they spend their money. Whatever. How they eat and treat themselves. How is cheating any different if they don't know how to control their impulses? How someone treats themselves will let you know a lot about what they can offer you. Not that... Right relationships are just an exchange of what can I get but right if someone doesn't know how to take care of their body their own mental health is suffering their relationships with others are not it really like pay attention <laughs> this is true uh so that's that's what I always use like kind of as an example with my clients that are like they did this to me and it's just like no like the red flags were already there mm. And you bypass. He told you or she told you that they was for the streets. And because you wanted it that bad, won't, again, mm-hmm. you wanted it that bad, you took that chance with your heart knowing you already had trust issues. Do you think that's always the case with the person who is unfaithful? Is there ever a situation where it is like completely the other person is truly blindsided because they didn't receive any of those Red flags. No, there's always red flags. Mm. Again, I just said, if they struggle with their impulses with money. But what if if they have it all together? Again, that person can still struggle with their impulses in their diet. Mm -hmm. Because we all have it in us. We Again, I'm not saying we all cheaters. That's not where I'm going with that. But what I am saying is... (laughs) Ain't y'all here saying we all cheat. Y'all heard it first. (laughs) but, But what I am saying is... We all struggle with some level of our impulses, whether it's with our diet, whether it's with money, whether it's shiny things, whether it's booking the flight mm-hmm. that we know we're not supposed to book because we don't have the money for it, right? Mm-hmm. It's no different. The, the sign is there. The sign is this person is not responsible. Mm-hmm. So how can I expect somebody who's not responsible in all other areas of their life to be responsible with my heart? Again, I'm not saying I don't trust this person. That's right. not what I'm getting at. But I do... I expect people to be people. People be people, and right. Mm-hmm. So if I have someone who is human, I expect them to make mistakes. But I'm not waiting on it. I'm not sitting right. around watching you waiting for the shoe to drop. Kind what of I am saying in is, some ways, like when you gonna mess up? No, I, it could I be don't. sometimes. Okay, okay. Not you. I'm saying okay, sometimes. Like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> we almost push people to. That's what I'm fall. saying. Which is which goes back to what I was saying. The anxiety part mm-hmm. of it. If I came in here with this anxiety and these fears around, do this person really love me? Mm-hmm. Why are they with me? Why? Mm-hmm. Because my family has already told me that I was unworthy as a 30 plus woman, still mm. single, coming home every Thanksgiving with no man. Right? My family's never told me that. Ooh, by the I was way, like, that that's very that's, specific. That's not my experience, <laughs> but that's the experience of, of a, a lot, lot of, of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, men and women. Men and women right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm coming in feeling inadequate because of the anxieties I've endured and the traumas I've endured for my family and my friends and, the, and community, society, music, whatever has told me that mm-hmm. I am unworthy because I'm at this place in my life. Now I come in and again, I pushed you. Why are you with me? I mm-hmm. need, I need reassurance. Can you tell me I'm beautiful? Can you tell me now Excessive you have a, now you have a problem with me mm-hmm. because if you weren't interested in me, you wouldn't be with me. 
I mean, maybe not. That could be that could be the other way around, right? We know that we know those things happen. Right. I was like, <laughs> see, you have the positive worldview where it's like, why would you be with me? But right. there are people that will be with in relationships and with someone. Not but again, they like them. it wasn't personal. Yeah. Somebody was trying to hit a lick. Somebody knew I was a sugar mama. <laughs> right? Somebody knew what I brought to the table and they knew they needed it. Mm. So in that moment, I can't take it as in like, this thing happened to me. And again, I'm human. I do have my own thoughts that I go through, but I have a positive outlook on life. So even when things like that happen and when people betray, hurt, whatever, Mm -hmm. they needed something from me in that moment. Now, granted, I might have been hurt, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I understand that people will be people and right. I expect people to make mistakes. make mistakes. I expect people to hurt. I expect people to do these things. So when you're working with couples, how do you even get people to even get to that, that positive outlook? That anxiety is normal. Right. And I just think they have to realize that it's not your, it's not your partner's job to resolve that anxiety. Like you're going to feel that their job is not to add to it. Right. But it is not their job to magically make you feel like, okay, now, because, like, that, that is your mind. That is your worldview. Like, they can't infiltrate that. Yeah. So whoever it is that is struggling with that in the relationship really has to take accountability for, okay, am, am I staying stuck in this, <laughs> in this belief system and not yeah. letting us progress? Because if I really want to stay with this, this mentality, I have to just... We have to go our separate ways, but in order for couples to move forward, you really have to be able to say, okay, I have to let go of that old worldview and uh, try again. I'm still going to feel that anxiety, but it's my job to remind myself and look at the evidence. Like you're saying, well, is he managing his other impulses or she, whoever it is, are they, are they doing things differently that are alerting me that it's not going to be the same or are they doing the same old thing? Yeah. But then, too, again, we go back to and I'm, I'm going to leave you alone on this on this topic. <laughs> but even just forcing people to go through their thought patterns with their own anxieties. And again, how do you present in the world? Are you telling this other person, this population of people that it's OK to treat you that way? And if you mm. are telling people that it's OK for you to treat treat you that way, I understand why you have anxiety because right. you haven't figured out that you're teaching people that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You've accepted that that's how people treat you when it goes back to if you know who you are, you can create boundaries that mm-hmm. are productive to people experiencing the healthy version of you. Yeah. Then you can walk into rooms and lead with boundaries. Because mm-hmm. I do it all the time. I, I tell people to do that. I'll lead with your boundaries. Okay, you don't like hugs. Hey, I'm Aisha. I don't like, I don't like hugs. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do the little sidestep. Hey, I'm Aisha. How you doing? Oh, I'm a hugger. I'm not. We can do a fist bump. Right. That's okay. Because it's easier to do it up front than now you're trying to backtrack. And oh, I know we hugged before, but... Now you now you feel some type of way because right. I'm not hugging you. Mm-hmm. Now I'm anxious to go into this space because I didn't lead with that boundary. Mm-hmm. And now I got people just touching all over me. So, anywho... Okay. Well, I definitely appreciate (laughs) We rabbit hole, huh? Listen, listen. But I definitely appreciate you for um, talking with me about betrayal, hurt, and anxiety, and how it 
it transforms, like you said. Sometimes it ends up in a rabbit hole. Mm. And until we've identified the sources, how we present, the boundaries we have or have not set, we can't move past betrayal and hurt or even change our worldview around it because we've accepted that this is going to happen. Yeah. And if you do work on that and you shape your core beliefs, lead with your boundaries, when people inevitably people and do stuff that hurts us, it's going to hurt, right? But at the end of the day, you know who you are and you know, okay, this is unacceptable. And it, it wasn't about me right. per se. Right. They were doing whatever felt right from their worldview. Right. And I got to keep moving forward and what, what's best for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave one more point. I promise I'm okay. done, y'all. I promise I'll okay. tell y'all. Okay. Okay. So one thing that came up when you just said that was thinking about those experiences are stored in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start there. Um, how we experience anxiety is different for everybody. Yes. Some people experience sweat, sweaty palms, increased heart rates, butterflies, IB, IB, what is it? IBH, IBS. IBS, yes, IBS. Um, some of us in- experience intrusive thoughts. It comes in the form of fear. It comes in the forms of, of worry. It comes in the form of self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. It comes in victimization of self, right? And so if you're walking into a relationship and you're having some of these things pop up on you, you really need to sit with how you feel. Ask yourself, why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. What happened that led to me feeling this way in this moment? How can I express, hey, I feel uneasy right now, so can I take a break from this dynamic? Yeah. And how do we heal from it? Mm. Is that a question or a statement? I don't know. It's, it's both. It's both. It's both dot, of dot, dot. It's both of them. And sometimes you don't know the why, especially if this is someone sitting with themselves trying to process. You can't always be like, oh, it is exactly this yeah. situation. So sometimes you just have to know the why not. Like, I don't want to. Do I want to continue feeling this way? Yeah. What do I need to do to change this feeling? Yeah. Um, I will say it. And sometimes it takes years to figure out the why. Mm-hmm. I remember it took me years to figure out why I didn't like flowers. You know what? I like them now. I okay. had to do some work. Okay. My ex-boyfriend was a liar and, and he would give always give me flowers. And and mm. I never wanted flowers from that moment forward. Mm. And I love flowers. I buy them all the time. I buy them for people. You know, I've, I've learned to say, like, give people their flowers yeah. while they're still here. You see, it'd be that simple. Literally that simple. It'd be something that small that sticks with you and you don't even know it. But sometimes that's why we attach to people. The way people walk, we'd be like, ooh, I don't know why I like the way this person walks. Because he reminds you of your Mm. ex-boyfriend. And you overlooking the red flags because that that feeling. Comfortable. Right, that feeling, that that memory, body memory, muscle memory. Yeah. Mm. Okay, hold on. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Do you believe that the the butterflies analogy, if you feel butterflies, it's not a good thing? Absolutely not. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Butterflies are a good thing, in my opinion. Okay. If, well, okay, let me speak from a business perspective. Okay. If I have butterflies, I know I need to do it. No matter how afraid I mm. am of, of the decision that I have to make, I got to do it. Same with relationships. No matter how uncomfortable I feel about telling somebody I love them or telling somebody this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand I could be rejected. I understand that somebody can take this, flip it. I don't, 
however people believe that you can flip somebody telling you you love them. I don't know, right? <laughs> but no, I believe you're supposed to lean into that. But I will say, <laughs> those butterflies are your intuition. But you have Thank to you. learn what you're into, what, what, what they tell you. Yeah, you have to learn what they tell you. Yeah. Because some of us get butterflies and be like, oh, yeah, that's the one, sis. And it'd be the worst. Your body is telling you that's bad what? energy. That is bad energy. But sometimes you can get butterflies and it's letting you know this is different and you're, right. you're worried because it is different. Well, that's where love and logic comes into play. Mm. You can't have too much love and you can't have too yeah, much logic. You have balance. to find the medium. I just hear that one a lot, you know. Love and logic? No, the, the butterflies is a bad thing. I'm like, I don't not know who tells you that. From a cultural perspective, I think that as a black woman, right? Like, I've always been taught that the butterflies were, the butterflies serve a purpose. Right. So you just, you as a person have to figure out what, what are purpose they? that is for mm-hmm. you. So that I've always been taught leaning on. Same with dreams. Right. My dreams foreshadow a lot of things so mm. weird so weird mm. uh no i am not a prophet Asia so psychic. take that back <laughs> i am not a prophet but they serve me yeah that's where i was getting at they serve it, it's me. for you it's not it's about me. your intuition is not telling other people stuff it's telling absolutely. you stuff <laughs> absolutely so when stuff come up i feel like that's what that dream was about i'm mm. like i knew it was coming i just didn't know how it was gonna present itself and then it and it presents itself i love that so Okay. Well, thank y'all for listening to this episode. I hope you guys were able to get something from it. Hopefully it was fun, entertaining, but also very um, insightful. And again, I always tell people, although it sounds like just great dialogue between two clinicians, a lot of this information can be taken up with you and a clinician so that you can dig deeper into your own experiences. A lot of these things might resonate with you, but at the same time, these conversations wasn't specifically for you. It might've spoke to you. You know how to pass the state. It might've spoke to you, but it wasn't for you. Um, But if it spoke to you or if it's something you are dealing with and you're trying to work through dealing with anxieties and you're trying to shift your outlook on, on betrayal and hurt, Sign up for therapy. I'm not the therapist to tell people, go get therapy. But go get therapy. But but go talk to somebody. (laughs) Go talk to somebody. So thanks again. Thank you for having me.